Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I do not understand this move from Mitch McConnell. Doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, it's it's weird. It's strange. It's it's one of these things where we clearly don't have enough of the story to be able to determine whether or not we've got the story right. Let me give you what I know. You have Mitch McConnell, the one, the only. And he is going to be putting up money through the Senate Leadership Fund. He's going to be putting up $141 million for advertisements this fall. They've got an eight-figure ad uh, group that's going to start in September to protect seats in North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and to grab seats in Arizona, Georgia, Nevada. Remember, it's not as easy as one would think to keep the Senate. Or really gain control of the Senate. It's not because you have to gain the seats while not losing the seats. And depending on the two years of the six-year terms, you have different groups that have more Republicans or more Democrats who are up for that re-election. And this year, not the easiest. Not the easiest. Now, we could argue that it should be easy because, of course, this Democratic Party is a massive, massive failure. We know this, we see this, it's obvious. And there are some places where I think we've got easy, uh, I guess you say the political right has easy pickups. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, how are you? 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. That's the number. Feel free to call in, love to talk to you about it. So you want to protect seats in North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. And you want to pick up seats in Arizona, Georgia, and Nevada. I get it. But the PAC has targeted millions to protect Lisa Murkowski. Lisa Murkowski is the senator from Alaska. She is uh, the one, she's one of the people who voted to confirm Katanji Brown Jackson. She is somebody who the last time she got challenged, the last time there was a challenge, she went in as a writing candidate and still won. The Murkowski name, I think it was her grandfather who was a senator as well. Murkowski name is pretty big in Alaska. Not as big as the mansion name in West Virginia, but it's some pretty good name ID. You're going to spend millions on Lisa Murkowski? Why? Why would you do such a thing? Well, this is where... Your ideology has to come in line with your reality. And I'll be getting into more of this a little bit later in the show. Your ideology, mine, by the way, as well, I don't think we're different on this, is that Lisa Murkowski ain't good enough. And not, not good enough. Not good enough for Mitch McConnell... For Mitch McConnell, the question may be, 
is this a fight I really want to have when I have to have the fights in other places? And so, therefore, I'm going to protect that seat while engaging getting these other seats. I have to deal with my reality. And the reality is, on the vast majority of things, I at least have the votes now. This, this is like like the division point between establishment Republican and activist Republican. Like, this is it. And it shouldn't be taken as something that we don't take seriously. That we some are like, oh, well, or, or they're ridiculous. Or now how dare they allow this? Or how could they possibly want activists as opposed to victors? Uh, one of the places where this is a, a very personal conversation is Indiana. Because the establishment candidate was a guy by the name of Richard Luger. And the activist candidate was a guy by the name of Richard Mur Murdoch. And Murdoch got the nomination, and then Murdoch decided uh, through uh, a, uh, a a poorly worded uh, uh, statement. Is that, is that we're gonna is that we're gonna say uh, that right there? Um, uh, he crapped the bed, and that's how you got Senator Joe Donnelly, Democrat, who's now, I believe, an ambassador. He was teaching at Notre Dame for a while. Is he an, is he the ambassador to the Holy See? All right. Um. That and so that's a loss. So the the theory the theory is is that you keep the seats that you have and you build the seats that you don't have. That's how you do it. That's how the establishment Republicans sees it. The activist Republican sees things very very differently. The activist Republican sees things and, and says, this is not right. We can't have these people in office. You actually want to protect Lisa Murkowski? It's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. No, 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 no. You want to keep Mitt Romney? You got to go. You can't have this stuff. You can't be around this this is absolutely terrible. This is awful. Are you, what next? Someone going to tell me that we should figure out a way to bring Adam Kinzinger back? Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how that applies, but I, I, I used it. Yes, they, the, the, the Democrats are so appreciative of Republican Adam Kinzinger being on their side for the January 6th commission that in Illinois, they drew him out of his district so he couldn't run for re-election. Just remember, anytime you hear a Democrat talk about gerrymandering... Stop it. Stop it. All those wascally Republicans and all they do is gerrymander. No, 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 no. They all, they all freaking do it. They all do it. Only Republicans gerrymander? What? what, what? Ah, no, no, that's true. So here's, so here's where, where we're at. So the question before us is, if Mitch McConnell is going to now put millions into supporting Lisa Murkowski, is he wrong? And the answer to the question is, I don't think we have enough information to know. And I want to put that forth as a theory and as an idea. First, I want to make sure we understood exactly that the, these differences, these massive differences between the, the establishment class and the activist class. But we don't have enough information 
because we do not know who the primary challengers are. We don't know what the feel is on the ground in, in Alaska. And we don't know if there's somebody that we would want to win, how they would do in a general. You got to think a lot of stuff through, guys. There's a different... I come from the, the activist side of things, 100%. Really? There, there, oh, there's no part of me that comes from the establishment side of things. If you talk about my my foray into politics via the Tea Party, my, my organizing days, the things that I do on radio, the things I do on TV, there's very little establishment uh, about me. I gave a speech to a, a Republican dinner, which I do, by the way. Uh, you, you can book me. I, I will come do it. Uh, I'm cheaper than some, more expensive than others. No, I'm not free, and I'm proud of that. Uh, and I, I was in Wayne County, Indiana. I made some politicos unhappy. I have been hearing tale about the politicos that I made unhappy, that I made uncomfortable because I was having a conversation about standing strong and how I view the Indiana Republican Party as incredibly weak. They're, they're, incredibly, they're incredibly weak, and they don't need to be. This should be a, a, a party in the state of Indiana of, of strength, and they're not. It's like, what the, what the bloody hell is this? How can you not stand up? I'll give you one of the things. There's a state senator by the name of Scott Baldwin, and Scott Baldwin was talking about critical race theory in, in schools, and there was somebody who was at one of the hearings and, and said, uh, does this mean I can't talk about, you know, this and this and this? Uh, you know, do, am I supposed to talk about them how? And, and um, what Baldwin said, he talked about racism, fascism, Nazism. You should be neutral about these things. The argument he was making is, is that you shouldn't be talking about supporting of any of these things. If you're going to teach about them, you teach about them. The Democratic Party in Indiana, they take this as, oh, you want to be neutral about Nazism. Okay, white supremacist. They called him a white supremacist. And you and you could be like producer Ari. You could argue, of course, uh, they did. Well, of course they did. Low-class people will do low-class things. Yes. The Republican Party didn't stand up in one voice and say, go to hell. The Republican Party did not, in Indiana, stand up in one voice and say, what the hell are you talking about? Didn't put out a statement excoriating the Democratic chairman, Michael Schmuel. Uh, didn't excoriate the Baghdad Bob of the Indiana Democratic Party, Jew Anderson. Didn't talk about, uh, all they did was hide in the corner and say, please don't hurt me. Bunch of cowards. You stand up. You can argue that Baldwin didn't say it with, with a lot of cleanliness. But he wasn't advocating for Nazism, you crazy people. We all know it. And when you don't stand up, when you don't stand up, that's the difference between establishment and activist. That's the difference between the establishment class and the actual fighters. And the establishment class hates it. They hate it when you call them out for these things. It's the same thing I believe about Governor Holcomb. I don't believe you have to speak out on every social issue because there are people out there who want to make a social issue out of everything. You'd spend all your life trying to respond to these people as opposed to getting things done. There's legislation to ensure that boys don't compete in girls' sports and it would codify the idea that boys are boys and girls are girls and they can't, kids can't decide their own gender, which, of course, children cannot decide their own gender. And you don't sign it, you veto it? 
That's just that that's that's nuts. That is that is radicalness. I'm talking about not standing up. Danger and ugly and despicable. Well, the ACLU is gonna sue us. <laughs> Let them sue. They're the ACLU. Screw them. I'm I'm so old, I remember when the ACLU actually cared about civil rights. I I do. Oh, when they cared about civil liberties? Oh yeah, that was a good time. When they actually cared about free speech? Oh, you, you, you betcha. You think a child determining their gender, deciding their gender on on a whim, and and that, yes, in some cases a whim, and then okay, I get to use this bathroom or that bathroom. That's a free speech conversation. Man, we uh, we got ourselves a an interesting interesting point of view right there, now don't we? Not standing up to that. That's establishment nonsense. Not standing up to that is establishment nonsense. I think that it has to, you have to stand up to it. I have no idea why Mitch McConnell feels he needs to protect Lisa Murkowski unless, of course, he truly believes this is the way to protect uh, the possibility of Republicans controlling the Senate. Is he wrong to do that? Well, I think that the the activist class and the establishment class are going to disagree. If control of the Senate is achieved, well, it won't matter. I, I got to tell you, I get that people would think that this is ridiculous off the cuff, all right, off the start. I think that Mitch McConnell might be playing a little more of a of a strategic game than some of the other people. I don't know if I agree with him, but it's going to force me to take a look and see if he ain't wrong. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. judge has allowed a lawsuit against Marjorie Taylor Greene, congresswoman from Georgia, questioning her qualifications to run for office. Now, this got tried in the Indiana 3rd against uh, Jim Banks. This got tried. Where else was this tried? Madison Cawthorn uh, in North Carolina, they tried this, and this has fallen apart everywhere. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What is up, my people? 833-468-8669. We'd love to hear from you. 833-GOT-TONY. So U.S. District Judge Amy Totenberg denying um, Green's request for a temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction to block the suit. The lawsuit on behalf of a group of state voters, they allege that she facilitated the January 6th attack on the Capitol and therefore is in violation of the 14th Amendment. We hear this all the time. This 14th Amendment conversation, section three in your hymnals. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state 
who having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each House, remove such disability. The argument? January 6th, January 6th, insurrection, 14th Amendment, you are now disqualified. That is um, special. Unfortunately, January 6th was not an insurrection, unfortunately for these people who are trying to keep Marjorie Taylor Greene out. It wasn't an insurrection. That's all there is to it. Wasn't a rebellion, even. Was Shay's rebellion actually a rebellion when you had these farmers uh, saying, hey, we're, 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 you're, you're charging us too much and we're going to now block the courts physically to stop you so you will pay attention to us? Rebellion? Or just like blocking the traffic of its day? These, these things keep going on where, where people continue to try and, and get one to believe that January 6th is the worst day in American history. Um, of course, this is not true. I don't think anybody should look at January 6th and be proud. I will tell you, I look at January 6th, I look at what happened in the Capitol, and I see a lot of schmucks. I also take a look at Minneapolis and Seattle and Portland and Indianapolis, my beloved Indianapolis, for a couple nights. I saw a lot of schmucks. It's what I see. Not an insurrection. Not a rebellion. That's just not it. So my question is, how in the world could a judge move forward on this? They have a primary on May 24th. Is someone going to say, well, until this is cleared up, you can't run for office? So now you're going to deprive her the ability to run by making a claim that is not proven where damage is done to the person if there is no proven claim. It would be Republicans putting it on the line, saying, of course, this is nothing. And then if it was something and she got disqualified, well, then they would be the ones who are out of luck. This seems like massive levels of desperation. As I've said many times, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene ain't my person. She votes in a lot of the ways that I appreciate. But I've never interviewed her. I, I guess I would. I guess I would. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd talk to a lot of people. Just never been, never been my cup of tea. That's okay. I'm Tony Katz. My life be like... Videos showing nuclear bombers flying around the Ukrainian border from Russia. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Always a pleasure to be with you guys. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. That's where you go. And of course, Tony at TonyKatz.com. The number 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That's how you get in touch. We often discuss the the bigotry 
that comes from the woke. The bigotry that exists amongst... Um, it starts with a click. Those people um, who think that somehow they're doing good by engaging, for example, in segregation. We talked about Anderson University. I wish I knew what it was. There it is. We talk about um, Anderson University. And in Anderson University, you've got the president there, John Pistol, who made the decision that they were going to have some listening sessions with the university, and they were going to have a listening session for black kids and for white kids. Who in the world does this? The story then got out there. People started looking at it, and then they're like, hey, uh, you... Um, the, the, yeah, well, I think it was like the Civil Rights Commission saying, you know that that's against the law. You're a public university, or as I should say, you take uh, federal funds for your university. You can't do those things. The whole university got embarrassed. In no world, in no society, under any thought, would you ever, ever think, hey, let's divide people into black and white and have listening sessions or classes or other things. You would never do it. It would be beyond your understanding. But there they were, ready to do it. Campus Reform reporting uh, that dozens of universities, more than three dozen colleges and universities, hosting 2022 graduation events based on race, gender, or sexual orientation. Ohio State University, Columbia University, Harvard University, Illinois State University, University of North Texas, all having ceremonies or offering ceremonies based on race. These people think that they are good and decent. They think they are the moral ones. They are anything but. They are immoral and they are obscene. They are awful, horrific people. They are the bigots, which brings us to Ibram Kendi. Ibram Kendi's bigotry is well-known and well-established through his book, How to Be Anti-Racist. You see, it's not enough not to be racist. You have to, to their liking, prove how much you're not a racist by doing what it is they tell you to do when they tell you to do it. And if you are not doing it, well, then you're not doing the work. And if you're not doing the work, you must therefore be a bigot. The only way to absolve yourself is to wake up every day saying, how can I prove to you my worth? And then these people then get to tell you what your worth is. You actually do these things. It's kind of messed up if you ask me. It's kind of ugly if you ask me. So is the idea uh, that you are racist for your existence. You're a bigot because of the color of your skin. You, no matter what happened, no matter what anybody else did, you are responsible for it, which is exactly what people like Ibram Kendi and Robin DiAngelo teach. And if you should question it or disagree with it, that's just your white fragility at play. You're just not able to accept the fact that you're a bigot. How convenient. No, this, none of this has any effect on me. And I only hope... It has no effect on you. Why would it have an effect on me? Why would I allow these people any control over my life? Why would I think of allowing them any power over me? Listen to how horrible they are. 
Ibram Kendi does an op-ed for the Atlantic magazine. The danger more Republicans should be talking about. White supremacist ideology is harmful to all, especially the naive and defenseless minds of youth. I would argue that white supremacy ideology is harmful to all. I would also argue that anti-racist ideology is harmful to all because it's not anti-racist. It's full-on bigotry. And I get it. They call it anti-racist. So if you're opposed to it, you must be a racist. Ha <laughs> ha. That, of course, right? What kind of person lives like this? Can't think outside the box. Can't recognize what nonsense. When you read and you understand what Ibram Kendi is all about, you know as well as I do, it's pure raw bigotry. Doesn't matter what they call it. It doesn't matter what they call. They called it new Coke, but it wasn't new and it wasn't even Coke. It was crap. It was crap in a can. So Ibram Kendi writes this article. And the article is predicated on the idea that Republicans are not the party of any group of parents, but they're the party of white supremacy. Well, let's start with right there. Republicans are the party of white supremacy. Quoting someone says, the GOP doesn't want to be the party of parents. It wants to cement itself as the party of uh, white parents. The Republican Party is clearly not the party of parents. The Republican Party is clearly not the party of parents of color. But is the Republican Party even the party of white parents? Wow. It must be... Once again, uh, for, for people who are uh, black conservatives, just every day, every day is being told that somehow you're not really black or you're not really, uh, you know, a, a person because you're a black conservative. Like, you, you're, you're not allowed to fit in that group. It's a nonstop, constant attack. Constant. If you're black and conservative, they'll tell you you're not really black. And now is the party, Republican Party, even a party of white parents. But this great myth is not as rudimentary as the great lie. It represents a Trump Tower of GOP propaganda built over the year on four hugely false conceptual building blocks. One, that says Ibram Kendi, Republican politicians care about white children. Um, I don't know what to do with that. Anti-racist education is harmful to white children. No, anti-racist education is harmful to all children. Uh, well, I should say Ibram Kendi's anti-racist education is harmful to all children. Republican politicians are protecting white children by banning anti-racist education. The Republican Party is the party of white parents because it is protecting white children. And he goes on and on and on about this. This, this, this theory that somehow his philosophy provides value. That the Republican Party can't be the party of parents, it's a myth equivalent to the great lie that the 2020 presidential election was stolen from Donald Trump. If Republican politicians cared about white children, they would not be ignoring or downplaying or defending or bolstering the principal racial threat facing white youth today. What if I said to you, Ibram Kendi, I think that's you. I mean, you want to divide people into these color groups. Look, I, I am not somebody who says I don't see color. 
I see people. I see what they look like. I'm fully aware that they may see the world differently than I do. I don't pretend that that doesn't happen. But we should be clear. The bigot is you, Ibram Kendi. You're the bigot. You're the problem. You are the threat facing my children. But you are also the threat facing black children. Dividing people into, into just race. Deciding that if we really live in an oppressed oppressor society, which we do not. Telling children that they are oppressors and they will always be guilty. Telling children they are oppressed and they will never be able to rise up is as abusive as anything I can think of. He writes, instead of focusing on this very real threat, Republican politicians, to justify Florida's don't say gay law, have cited QAnon conspiracy theories about public schools being overrun by child predators who are grooming children to be gay. Let me, let me, uh, Stop for a minute. If you refer to Florida's parental uh, rights and education bill as the don't say gay bill, then you're probably a groomer. Well, I can't say that. I can't say that. They lie about a piece of legislation. Why can't I lie about them if I'm indeed lying? If if they refer to it as the don't say gay bill and nothing within the, the Florida parental rights and education bill, says don't say gay, not a single part of it. It was a lie told from beginning to end. The alpha and the omega is a total lie. Why can't I call them groomers? I mean, if we're all going to lie, why can't I hit them where they are when they lie? Why do I have to somehow engage some level of decency when they are so indecent? Just so we are clear, so we are clear, I believe Ibram Kendi is a bigot. I believe what he teaches is hate. And if you expose your children to this in a, in a, in a way that's like, hey, this is important, you are doing your children a massive disservice. Organizations that support Ibram Kendi, whether it's through its book, How to Be an Anti-Racist or Anti-Racist Baby, are pushing, promoting, and absolutely standing up for hate. Standing up for it. Proud of it. The lies told. You might as well think that the 1619 Project has something to offer. When we know that it's a lie. And of course the article uh, is all about uh, the publicity. This is an an, this is anti-racist education, and it protects white children, all children, against the growing threat of white supremacists. As I demonstrate in my upcoming book, of course, of course, he's got an upcoming book. The Republican Party is not the party of parents raising white kids. The Republican Party is not the parent a party of parents raising girls, raising trans kids, and it goes on and on. The Republican Party is making it harder for all of these kids to learn about themselves and, and their histories. The Republican Party is stripping parents and educators of their collective ability to protect vulnerable children from being indoctrinated by or victimized by the scourge of white supremacy. The Republican Party is not the party of any group of parents, but the party of white supremacy. Black Republicans must think that is awfully strange. But then again, in the world of Ibram Kendi, you can't be black and a Republican. So, who's the racist? And the answer is, of course, 
Ibram Kendi is the racist. Of course Ibram Kendi is the bigot. Of course Ibram Kendi is the divider, not the unifier. And absolutely Ibram Kendi doesn't give a good holy damn about your kids, white or black or yellow or green or orange or purple or anything else. He doesn't care. Of course he doesn't care. Just so we understand each other. The entire premise is punch Republicans, call them all bigots, buy my book. The problem is, because right, I should I should ignore him and not buy his book, and that's it. Uh, probably me saying not buying his book is cancel culture, right? I can't. I have to buy his book, otherwise I'm engaged in cancel culture. I uh, it's 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 been a it's been a day of nutbaggery today. It's it's a word. It's a word. If I say that baggery is a word, it's a word. The 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 bigotry, the hate, and the hate's not just for me. The hate is anybody who isn't thinking like him. I've often made the argument that the political left hates you for who you are and what you believe, but most importantly, they hate you for not thinking like they do. This has been a theory of mine going on a decade now. And Ibram Kendi has proved me right. Because if the Republican Party is the party of white supremacy, and you are a black man, or a Hispanic man, or an Asian woman, or a gay woman who is a Republican, which happens, duh, well then, how would you be supporting white supremacy? My mother, I think, would call herself a Republican. She's a Jewish woman. You're going to argue that she supports white supremacy? It's a weird argument to make to my mother. Yeah, I, I would only assume that Diane would just kick your ass on the spot. That, 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 that is it. That, that, that's where I'd be. But this is the claim he makes in these giant sweeping statements. Giant sweeping nonsense. Remember that when people try and push this stuff, like at Anderson University, or what they might try and do at your local school. Remember who they're listening to. And who they're listening to doesn't offer you a philosophy. They offer you hate and only hate. My advice, fight it. I'm Tony Katz.